0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name is Andrew Bolton here with Pastor Robbie Gowdy and Candy Gallaty. Okay, Pastor, today we are getting into the corruption of the priesthood. Mm. And then the cliffhanger last episode, you talked about how the priesthood was responsible for what? What did you say? The death
1: of Jesus. The death of Jesus. Mm. Wow. It's gonna be good. Well, yeah, they they were the reason that Jesus ultimately died and Mm -hmm. went to the cross. But what we're gonna see is they had no right to make that decision in the first place, okay? Now, uh, I said, you probably never heard this before, and so this is gonna be just kind of an overwhelming history lesson, but I wanna give you kind of a background of it. Uh, The corruption of the priesthood was so great that uh, the Essenes, which was a group uh, that we'll spend a little time on, hopefully, um, when we get to John the Baptist. Uh, And and when we talk about John the Baptist, we'll ask a couple questions. Number one, was John the Baptist an Essene? Mm Okay. Number two, was Jesus influenced by the Essenes? Mm-hmm. Two big questions. So who are the Essenes? They're one of the five groups of Israel that is present that are presently active during the time of Jesus. Now, fun fact, none of these groups existed prior to the Maccabean Revolt mm-hmm. that happened not long before. And uh, we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But basically these groups are... Can you name the groups? Let me you know, ask you. The Essenes, the five groups. The Essenes, one one. Okay, so, Essenes are one. Okay, Essenes are one. you talking
2: about like Pharisees?
1: Pharisees are two. Sadducees. Okay. Sadducees three. Sanhedrin? No, but that's, that's the ruling class of Israel. That's like the Supreme Court.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, Wait, like the, the Essenes. We already said the Essenes. Oh. There's two left. Two left. Don't tell me. One starts with an H for those listening. See if you know.
2: The mm-hmm. Herodians.
1: The Herodians and one more.
2: What does it start with?
1: I'm not giving it to you. The what Nephilim. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you that out one Give me a hint. The Zealots. Uh, the zealots. zealots. It's a book I'm looking at right now. The Zealots. Those are the five groups. Contrary to popular opinion, people think they've been around forever. No, they didn't come about until like the 167, 170 B.C. period. All these groups come on the scene and I want to make the case, every one of these groups has to be in place because Jesus is going to interact in the gospels which with every single one, one of, of them, them okay? Uh, just for, for those to know, the Herodians were those who were political nationalists. They would be uh, basically... Passionate about the country, not necessarily passionate about the things of God, okay? The, they they would be actually corrupt because they were in bed, in a sense, with Herod, Herodians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted the government to prosper at any expense. Then we have the uh, Pharisees, which would, would be the mo- most like Jesus. And the reason mm-hmm. Jesus was the hardest on the Pharisees is not because he hated them, which is which is a popular belief, which is untrue. Well, but Jesus be,
2: doesn't hate anybody.
1: Right. Well, people always think Jesus was always con- you know, uh, on top of them and criticizing them and calling them out. He did that like a coach who knew they could do better. Jesus' ministry is most like the Pharisees in the way he taught, in the way he uh, expected. Yeah, expect uh, uh, more, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the third one, uh, the the um, zealots, these were people who were passionate about Israel and the prosper, prosperity of Israel, the peace of God to come to the nation, that they were gonna take it by force. Yeah. They were gonna be, they're the silent assassins who would walk up behind someone and uh, a, a group of people they would take out their little Makira blade they would cut the neck of the person and they would Knight. walk off like a like an assassin that was not the way to do it however jesus has one man mm-hmm. of the zealot faction yes. in his group. group yep one of his closest guys is a zealot you know okay. what his name was simon Simone. simon mm. the, zealot. the zealot shimon okay um, then the final group is do you know essenes did we, ever talk Sadducees. 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 Oh, we were talking so no, about the Sadducees. Oh, the Essenes. I'm sorry, you the see? Essenes. Yeah, the Sadducees. Yeah, the Sadducees. <laughs> you're right, Andrew. It is that. So the Sadducees are actually the priesthood of Israel. We're going to talk in a moment, which was supposed to be handed down genealogically through lineage, a father to his son. It actually takes a turn in around 170, 172 BC, when it goes from being passed down to being bought. Mm for a price which is crazy. But let's go to the Essenes. This is why I want to begin our discussion. The Essenes were actually a group of priests by birth who saw the corruption in Jerusalem, saw the corruption in Israel and wanted to do something about it. So what do they do? They So,
2: one second. Okay, go ahead. You said the Essenes were a group of priests by birth.
1: Right, because you couldn't be a priest by
2: So they're uh, of, the of the tribe of Levi.
1: Priesthood. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. All priests are Levites but not all Levites are priests.
2: Said that one more time.
1: All priests are Levites, meaning you have to be a yeah, Levite to be of Levite. a priest, okay. but not all Levites are priests. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. okay. So these are priests by birth, meaning you couldn't apply for the for the role. Okay. Remember the Levites were the only tribe that didn't have access to land when they got into the land. They didn't get like a corner of the land. Mm-hmm. They basically had access because their land, their home was the temple of God. God says, no, you have inheritance from the temple. Which is a whole other story, but for another day. But okay, so the Essenes were priests by birth, meaning they had a right to the priesthood. Okay, uh, They were supposed to serve two weeks a year on a rotation and then the major festivals, obviously they, they would be used then. But they decided to give up the Essenes uh, all the amenities of the priesthood, which would have been indoor plumbing in Jerusalem, believe it or not, there is there is an air-conditioned ventilation system back then, where they would fan and and, and have uh, not AC, but they would have uh, the amenities right. uh, uh, of luxury. They gave up the best vestments uh, or, or the, the the robes they wore, the best. Clothes they had. They gave up the best choice foods you had access to because after the lambs, the best lambs were sacrificed on the altar, they would take the meat, they would take the intestines and throw it on the altar. They would take the meat and they would put it aside and they would eat the cooked meat, the lamb. They would eat this for themselves. So they had the best food. So they gave all of that up to go out to the Qumran, which was by the Dead Sea. Mm At a place next to a waterway they can't drink of because it's filled with salt, Mm -hmm. sweltering 100 plus degree temperatures, heat, humidity through the roof, uh, eating sand through sandstorms in order to prepare the way for the Lord. Mm. Wow. You see, I have a lot of respect for the Essenes because these are men who said, I'm done with the corruption. Mm-hmm. Some of the corruption we learned in our Hellenistic study was the fact that the priests were not engaging in their natural, normal duties of the temple when they would come down away from family and friends to do their one-week stint because they would cross the Decapolis, the Decapolis, which is the pagan side, to go watch men run naked mm-hmm. in the games. The priest. Yeah. And so this is the system that Jesus steps into. Hmm. So let's take you back. So 400 years of silence in Malachi, mm-hmm. and God does not speak. In a sense, God is silent, or for the young folks out there, he ghost the people. <laughs> he ghosted them. Ghosted. Yeah, they got ghosted for 400 years. Right. Okay? That's a long time if you think about it, okay? Mm-hmm. So the stage is set Then he holy ghosted them. Then he... Ooh, Ooh, see what I did there. He ghosted, then he holy ghosted. Yeah, I love that. Huh? <laughs> no, literally because John the Baptist was born with the Holy Ghost so, filling him. Yeah, let me
2: just get this straight.
1: Yeah, or, so or, or an, he's anointing him.
2: Silent for four hundred years, but they would have had Old Testament scripture.
1: The, they would have until. 260 BC. So, so that's a technical thing. So, from 400 BC, that time period is when Malachi, the person as the prophet, stopped, stopped speaking, speaking. Which for them, they would get direct revelation from the prophet.
2: Correct. Okay. So there was it was silent from having a direct revelation from a prophet's mouth. Right. But they would have had. God's voice in his word, but not actively speaking through a prophet.
1: Yeah, no, the, word, no, the word was scrolls on vellum or animal hide. Correct. In a temple. Right, nobody not everybody had, had, access, had access to. to yeah. yeah, nobody had a Bible like we did today. The only right. way you could learn the Bible or the word is to actually go to the synagogues. And the synagogues weren't created, I don't think, until uh, like the 106, I don't know the exact date, but it's, it's after Malachi yeah. for sure. Okay. Which
2: just, I mean- I'm going to be quiet in a minute and let you move on. But this just makes you, it should make you so thankful that you have the word of God in your mm. hand today and that we have access to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because hmm. we there are so many places and people who don't and in history that haven't, but yet we have access to the word of God every single day of our life and can yeah. receive a word from him, right? Yeah. So it's just, this should make us really
1: thankful. Well, it'll take a step so further. Even though they had the Word, the Word was not—the normal person like us would not have access Access. to the Bible until— the 17th century. And even with the 1611 King James Bible, that didn't mean that everybody had access. It wasn't until the 18th century where the Bible became more readily available to the common person. So you think about it, for 1800 years from from Christ's death till then, people did not have access. So I think those Mm. of us who are on this side of that printing press, will be held accountable at a different level Mm -hmm. to the fact that we had the word and didn't want. um, The line I always use is, the greatest tragedy of the modern world today, particularly America or Western culture, is that we have literate believers who are illiterate to the Bible. Mm. They can read. Right. but they don't read and they right. don't know, they don't want to read the Bible. So that's a, it's an indictment on us. Okay, so 260 BC is when the Old Testament becomes canonized or collected into one document we know or collected into one book we know to get today as the Tanakh. We talked about this. The Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, we call it the Old Testament. So that sets the stage for Jesus is coming. So all this has to play out for Jesus to come, right? Why? Because all these books are coming together. The people now have written prophecies. We have all of these promises about Jesus, the life and death of Jesus. All of this now is in the Old Testament, 300 to be exact, plus prophecies about the coming Messiah. It sets the stage, okay? okay? Now, the other thing we have to remember is something we know little about as Christians, and that is the Maccabean revolt, mm-hmm. the Maccabean revolt. Now, after the Greeks, the Persians came in and then the Romans came in. So you, you got, so here's the story. So um, the, 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 Greeks are controlling Israel. Okay. Then the Romans are controlling Israel and basically they are tired of being controlled by, uh, or I'm sorry, the Greeks are controlling Israel, and then the Persians. They're being, they're tired of being controlled by this pagan uh, country, the, these pagan rulers. Uh, it had gotten so bad that they forced the Jews to do two things, which are really mind blowing. Number one is they forced the Jews three things, actually three big things. Number one is they forced the Jews to eat pig. Mm. Which was unclean. Eat pig, which was uncle- an unclean animal and defiling to the Lord. Defiled yourself and before God. <laughs> Number two is they built or erected a statue of Zeus in the temple inside the Holy of Holies. Why? A statue of Zeus. Now, remember, we learned this in the past. There is nothing inside the Holy of Holies now because the Ark of the Covenant is gone, according to Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 3.15. The Ark of the Covenant will be removed. You will not remember it. You will not even mention its name. You will never see it again. It's gone. So now you have this empty room, if you will, and um, the Greeks decide they're going to put a statue of Zeus in there. And the final one is really the, the the kicker. They start sacrificing pigs on the altar of God. Okay. Mm. And thankfully, one family decides enough it's is enough. enough. Okay? Now, do you know what family that was? Mr. Bolton that decided enough is enough. I do not. It starts with the letter M, Candace. Ooh. It would be the Maccabees? Ooh. It yeah. would be the Maccabeans. Okay. The Maccabeans are a family uh, led by, you know the guy's name? Joseph. Close. I was going to
2: say Judas.
1: Judas Maccabean. Wow, mm-hmm. I got
2: that right. Oh, that's wow. good.
1: That's good. Yeah. Judas Maccabean actually comes on the scene and with his father, Metaphias and his brothers, they decide to kill one of the soldiers in the temple. It starts a revolution, revolt, and this small band of men take back the temple and they reclaim it for God. Now, one of the problems with taking the temple, one of the challenges they had is once they took the temple back, the temple now starts to work like it's supposed to, which means they have to sacrifice twice a day. Mm-hmm. They have to keep bread baked for the table of showbread or the table in the, in the holy place. They also have to have the menorah lit at all time with light mm-hmm. and the incense altar burning continuously with incense. That's the way it works, okay? They had one problem. At that time, they only had enough oil to mm-hmm. keep the menorah lamp lit for a day. Right now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's easy. Just go crush more olives, and we'll make more you know oil. Crush crush more uh, fruit or vegetable, we'll make more oil. No, that's not that's not how it worked. In order to make temple uh, endorsed oil, you had to bless it by the high priest, and it had to wait a week. Mm before you could use it on the eighth day. So they had one day's worth of oil. They decide, you know what? We're gonna trust the Lord. And so what do they do? They put the one day's worth of oil in the seven lamp stands, or the seven, on, on one of the little stands of the lamp, and they light it. And by God's grace, miraculously, that one vat of oil that was supposed to be for one day lasts for seven mm. days. And at the end of it, they commemorate this miracle with a festival. Do you know what the festival is called? We'll take a guess. Hanukkah. Oh, look at this guy. He yep. is on it you today. Yes. Hanukkah. 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 Do you know what Hanukkah is? That's as far as I got. Okay, Festival of Lights. Yep. Hanukkah is also the festival where God kept miraculously the temple light burning and they celebrate it today because they were able to have this working temple and they still do that today, it's a great festival. Now, in fact, the Bible talks about Jesus even going to this festival, did you know that? In the New Testament, mm, I okay? Know. So you have this Maccabean well, he's revolt.
2: The, the world too,
1: Oh so. yeah, Maccabean revolt 164, 167-ish BC, okay? They take the temple back. Now, let me rewind right before that. There is a leader called Antiochus Epiphanes. Epiphanes, look at Candy, she's on it. Now, <laughs> let me now he's a very humble man, as you can imagine, because Epiphanes is where we get the word what? Epiphany. Close. <laughs> I mean, God manifest. Okay. Okay. So his name means Close. Andrew God manifest. God manifested right before you. Did your he eyes.
2: give himself that name?
1: He gave himself that name. Yeah, very humble, very humble guy. <laughs> not to be outdone by his father, who ruled in one hundred and ninety eight BC. You know what his name was? I do not. Mister Antiochus the Great. Mm. <laughs> Uh, his son decided that he was claiming to be God incarnate, Antiochus Epiphanes, and uh, he wanted the entire world to worship him, including the Jewish people. Uh, but the Jews called it blasphemy, and that ultimately is what led to this revolt. Now, before they take back the temple, something happens in 171 or 172 uh, BC, which ends this Uh, actually it's 171 BC, 172 ends this long lineage of the priesthood. Now this is what you've waited the entire podcast for, okay? Mm. Um, What has happened up to this point is the Jewish people have have handed down, according to scripture, the high priest role, starting with the first high priest who was named... Aaron? Aaron. Aaron. Moses' brother Aaron, if you remember, was the first high priest. The high priest's Mm -hmm. duty is to go as a representative between God and man. He is to enter the presence of God, which became the temple or the tabernacle early on, and he is to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. He is the mediator between God Mm -hmm. and man. Now, we know this side of the cross, Jesus is that person for us. Mm -hmm. We don't need a high priest. We have one who went to the cross to die once and for all for our sin. We don't need a sacrifice sacrifice lambs or goats or rams in the backyard. We can put our faith in our once and for all sacrifice, Jesus, and we're redeemed once and for all. Okay, but back then it was Aaron. And Aaron passed it down to his family. This is called the Zadokian, the Zadokian priesthood. Some say the Zadokian priesthood. Goes all the way from Aaron all the way to a guy named Onius. Now, this is the number part of this that's gonna blow your mind. Aaron started in about 1560 BC. Moses' brother, Aaron, 1560 BC. And that's going to go all the way down to the year 172 BC. So in 1388 years, guess how many high priests occupied the position?
0: 1,300?
1: 1,300 years. 1,388 years. Guess how many high priests occupied the position? That's um, a long time. Let's say 1,400 years. How I, many high priests? I'm going
0: to say 37. 37? I don't
1: know.
2: I'm like, I have no that idea. That means
1: they got to live to like 200 to I was going oh. to say I was going say 100. I played, I played. Close. 43. I was close. Wow, you were you close. Were very yeah, you were close. Uh, close. So uh, that's why i you're, that you? <laughs> you're normally not that close. It threw me off because you're normally not that close. i played. No, no,
2: you
1: got me on that. No, it's good. Uh, 43. <laughs> 43. Okay, so 43 high priests in roughly 1,400 years. Let's round the numbers, okay? So basically you lived your whole life. When you died, you passed it on to your son. He lived his whole life. He passed it on to his son to be the high priest. And 171 BC, uh, the, 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 the leader Antiochus Epiphanes comes to, Roman leader, comes to uh, the high priesthood and basically says this, we're now in charge of the priesthood. We're now going to give you protection against your enemies, but you have to do something in return to us. You're going to have to pay us now to occupy the priesthood. Mm. And the highest bidder gets the throne. The highest bidder assumes the role, okay? In 171 BC, we have the first high priest by the name of Jason, of all names, and he barters with Antiochus Epiphanes to actually... Get the role, and from that point on, from 171 all the way to 70 A.D., 171, 70 A.D., which is, what, 240 years. Mm-hmm. 240 years. You ready for this? Guess how many high priests occupied the role? 125. 38. Ah, it was way off so that in, time. Yeah, you went backwards. I did. <laughs> you went backwards. Okay. You, you, you were, it was, I was like, doing so it good. was like Peter, you got it right. You're the son of the living God. And yeah. then the moment later, no. Jesus, you need to shut up about all this death talk. You're ruining uh, the, You're my goodness. the group, you know, Sorry. get behind me. Okay. Now basically think about it. So in 1400 years, there's mm-hmm. 43 high priest.
2: Right. So it's about, that's like an average of 32 years.
1: Serving. yeah in t- in two hundred and forty years after it starts to be purchased and not earned or given through lineage, there are thirty eight high priests okay you think of the level of corruption that's going on here now, now here- so
2: Jason's the first one who basically is assumes the priesthood role um in a corruptive way.
1: Yes, like he, in a corrupted okay. way.
2: So Oni, you said onus was Onius, the last? Onius,
1: Onius was the last one, Now, did Onius
2: die?
1: Yeah, basically Onius died. Okay. Or I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming he, I'm assuming he died and they have to replace him. And Rome steps in and says, no, no, wait a minute. We're not doing all this. There's mm-hmm. no way we're doing all this, okay? Um, huh. So basically what happens is the question then becomes, why would Rome want to be involved in the high priesthood of Israel? That's Control. the question. Yes. Okay. Now listen, I'm going to share something with you that's mind blowing. This is uh, from a book called Zealot, The Life and Times of Jesus. I haven't read this entire book, so I'm not endorsing the book, but I just started the beginning of it. And it's a historical book about that time. And I want to read to you what the author says about this instance. He says, if the Romans wanted to control the Jews, they had to control the temple. And if they wanted to control the temple, they had to control the high priest, which is why soon after taking over control of Judea, Rome took the responsibility, responsibility upon themselves of appointing and deposing of the high priest, essentially transforming the high priest into a Roman employee. Mm. The Jews were even excused from direct worship of the emperor in return. So here's their deal. He comes in and says, listen, I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna not let anybody destroy you. I'm gonna let you guys do whatever you want. Y'all wanna worship this one known God, Yahweh, you do whatever you want. I think it's foolish because we got a bunch of gods in the in the hopper. You can pick and choose whatever one for whatever day or feeling of the moment, but you guys have at it, Yahweh. One thing in return, if I let you do this, you're gonna have to do two things. One, you're gonna have to say prayers and make offerings for the emperor of Rome to the tune of the Jews had to go in every day, twice a day, and during their twice daily sacrifice, offer a bull and two lambs on behalf of the emperor and pray for his good health. Now, what does that mean to us? Feel the weight of this. They were obligated by the law, according to the the Roman law, to make sacrifices in God's own temple on behalf of a Roman idolater. Wow. Now, fast forward, the drama continues. Fast forward all the way to the New Testament, and now we have Jesus the man being interrogated on the morning Mm. before he dies Mm -hmm. by a man named Caiaphas, Mm. whose dad is Annas. Now, what do we know about the high priesthood, uh, Andrew, at this point? What do we know about Annas? Well, now we know it's
0: corrupt and it's been passed down all the way to this point, correct?
1: Yes. And Caiaphas, who's about to bring down the judgment on Jesus, Mm, which ultimately sends him to the cross and death, does not even have the right to assume the role in the first place. He has bought the role, mm-hmm. not earned the role through divine lineage by God. And the man who's going to condemn Christ mm. stands condemned himself. himself. Wow. You think of the height of corruption. This is why the temple is destroyed. The whole system is flawed yeah. to the very core of the leadership that is leading it. And what a, and what a warning for all of us today, right? Right. What a warning for all. You lose the leadership. Right. You lose the system. Yeah. You lose it all.
0: Now, uh, just go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong here. What this brings to mind is how God uses all things to the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. All things, including a corrupt priesthood. Like, Jesus had to die. Correct. Yes, it was corrupt. Yes, they were. it was bought. Yes, they had no right to actually do that. But that didn't catch God by surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sent Jesus into the to this system.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, studying devotionally the life of David right mm-hmm. now. And one of the hallmarks of David's life is that he was patient. He waited upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. How many times studying David's life did his men say, go take out Saul? There he is. You cut his corner, cut right. his neck. And yet David was patient, waiting on the plan of God. Jesus is standing there before this mm-hmm. corrupt group of men. In just the blink of an eye, he can call down legions of angels to decimate the Sadducean priesthood. Mm-hmm. And yet, like a sheep before his shearers, he doesn't say a word. Yep. And so I think it's a challenge for us today is don't get ahead of the plan of God. Mm-hmm. Don't take matters into, even though you see the corruption, even though you see... If God has given you a check in your spirit and God is leading, as Candy said in the last podcast, by his spirit, then you need to trust that the Lord, the God of all the earth, as he told Abraham, will do right. Mm. So we need to trust in him. Mm. That's good. Candy, you got any last thoughts?
2: No, my mind's blown. So I'm just thinking, I just think it's awesome.
1: This is the scene Jesus comes into, and all the all the while, every time you read the word "sadducee," Mm -hmm. think of this corrupt mafia-like group. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, Pastor, there's a lot for me to process and digest there. I'm we'll gonna spend the next week uh, reading into that. I need to process that a little bit more. So Pastor, as always, thank you. Uh, and we thank you guys for listening. So if you have enjoyed this episode, learned something new, I want to encourage you to send it to a friend. Leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. That helps us reach more people. And of course, we would love to connect with you on Instagram at the forgotten Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Candy, and thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode i